BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to Football 24-7. I'm joined by our Eagles insider, John McMullen. We appreciate you guys, as always. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys are always locked in on the content. Man, you know, John, today has been an eventful day for the Philadelphia Eagles, man. And uh, I need you to try to make sense of it for me. So um, let's just jump right to the headline. Philadelphia Eagles sign. Julio Jones to a one-year deal. I believe he's going to start off on a practice squad, and then they're going to probably eventually elevate him at some point. But, John, uh, walk us through what potentially led led them to this decision, and uh, what are your thoughts on the move and its impact on the offense? Uh, Oh, that's a big one. Uh, I don't get it. Uh, You know, 34-year-old receiver, other than, look, they're, you know, they don't have a lot of depth at receivers. So we've kind of seen Quez Watkins. We've seen Alameda Zacchaeus. They're not, they're not it, as they say. Uh, they're struggling, both of them. Uh, Quez is on injured reserve now for three more weeks. And then if you look at that down roster, they don't really have any any real prospects. I mean, Britton Covey's a heck of a punt returner, but very limited uh, uh, due to his size, can only play in the slot. Greg Ward on the practice squad, veteran guy, can only play in the slot, essentially. And the developmental prospects are, if you want to call them that, are Devin Allen, who, you know, is a better developmental prospect for the U.S. Olympic team than the Eagles, let's be honest, although he's doing some nice things on special teams as a gunner. Um 
And then Joseph Nada, who's got some size, but uh, not much else. So um, from the standpoint, look, he steps in, he's 34 years old. He's the third best receiver. Is it a needle mover other than a big name? That I don't know because, you know, they have the second ranked offense in football uh, right now as we speak today, and they'll be facing off against the number one ranked offense on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. But, you know, how much traffic, we've talked about this before, how much traffic is there going to be? He's the fourth option uh, on paper behind A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. You could argue the fifth if, you know, now that DeAndre Swift has gotten involved in the passing game from the running back position, had eight receptions, I think six the week before. So you can make an argument he's going to be the fifth. Last time I looked, there's only one football. I, I don't know. It, 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 it's a big name. You know, this is a Hall of Fame player. Obviously, he's 34 years old. He's not playing at that level, hasn't played at that level since 2019 this is his fourth team in four years he's had significant hamstring issues played 29 games over the past three years missed 21 games um you know he's been inactive how does that work with a hamstring with you know continuous hamstring issues i guess you know if you want to the positive is He's better than Quez Watkins. He's better than Alameda Zacchaeus. So technically, you get a little bit better at, at wide receiver three. But, you know, for what people are, a lot of people, and I shouldn't say all people, but a lot of people are going to expect because of the name. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're getting Atlanta Julio Jones. Uh, you know, nothing's in stasis, but... Um, he, he should be a, a slight improvement if he accepts his role, and you have to ask that as well. I You know, I've been getting a lot of feedback, and some people are brought up, hey, he'll jump in the Zach Pascal role. <laughs> I mean, Zach Pascal has a role player's mindset because he's a role player. Julio Jones is a Hall of Fame player. Other people were – he was the playmaker others were blocking for. Right. I'm not sure he's going to have that Zach Pascal mindset. And then people talk about the Eagles' red zone issues. It's the only category they're not in the top ten. That was the one knock on him at the height of his career. They never used him, whether it was his fault or the Falcons' fault, they never used him in the red zone for all his spectacular seasons. Exactly. So one season with ten touchdowns. And he had 10 on the dot. Um, that's it. So I, I, I guess it can't hurt, but I would say it's probably not going to move the needle much for the Eagles. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. Um, I'm not really seeing, um, like you said, it's a low risk move, but I'm not sure how much of a reward it could be. Yeah, they're second in total offensive yards. And I believe they're fifth in scoring. But like you always say, six-game sample size. And, you know, opponents matter, so on and so forth. So the way I see it is I never felt like 
when it comes to this Philadelphia Eagles offense, personnel was the issue. Now, obviously, with Quez going on IR, um, they lack depth at their receiver position. So from a depth perspective, I can understand it. But when you think about it from a personnel standpoint, what's really been plaguing the Philadelphia Eagles over the past several weeks, like you said, it's been red zone. It's been efficiency. You know, I'm one to think all yards aren't necessarily created equal. You know, when you think about the Eagles being ranked second in total yards this season, and then you think about them being ranked third in total yards, or total yards last season, only about a six yard difference. Um, I looked it up. Um, I don't look at this offense currently and say, oh, this offense is playing better or equal to um, the offense of last season. And I'm not sure what Julio Jones does for them um, when you think about it from that perspective. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, it's eerily similar. Ruben Frank had those numbers. It's, it's almost exactly the same through six games, frighteningly so, except for the red zone stuff. And they're actually been better on third down. They lead the NFL in third down offense. So they're second in total offense, second in rushing offense, ninth in passing offense, as you mentioned, fifth in points per game. Uh, first and third down offense, seventh and fourth down offense, 23rd in red zone offense. So that's the one issue. And they got to stop turning the football over, which, you know, reared its ugly head. Which goes against efficiency. That's the opposite of being efficient. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that hasn't been a consistent problem. That's a one game problem. So I don't know if I can you know, panic over that. But, you know, I see this is where I always say the toughest thing. And I, I somebody joked that the, you know, Eagles, um, you know, noticed there weren't as many reporters there today because of the Phillies. And, you know, they wanted to steal back some of the thunder. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not buying that. Um but I do think that they overreacted to one loss. Yeah, I, 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 I do believe that. You know, I called it the mercenary market last year mm -hmm. when they brought in Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue. Is he going to help as much as Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue as a ring shopping veteran, so to speak? I don't see the... I don't see the role to do that. Last year, there was a role mm -hmm. for those guys. Um, and they fit it nicely. And they made the run, came up just short. I don't know if I see the role. And, and when I talk about being honest, if they need help, see, here's the problem. On paper, the defense played well against the Jets because the Jets offense is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least throwing the football, and it could load up to stop the the run game. And they did a good job with that because Paul's a good player. But um, they need more help on that side Agreed. than they do on offense. Agreed. I, you would have thought the first move <clears throat> would have been to bring in – I mean, they did bring in Roby, but he got hurt the first one, the second game he played, right? But you would have thought – their main concern would have been on the defense side of the ball from a personnel perspective. And maybe um, nobody's there. They did bring back Josiah Scott today. They did. They did. Um, they did. But again, 
I didn't think – I mean, you tell me, right? Did you think personnel was the issue on the offensive side of the ball? No, no, not at all. Um, you know, if you don't have Blaine Johnson, you don't have Cam Jurgens for a couple more games. So there's some injury issues. Um, but, I, you know, I said it with Quez, and, and one of the issues – what I don't have that big of a problem as most of the fan base with Quez as a third receiver because there's no traffic anyway, and he spaces the field um, for, for A.J. And, and Devontae and Dallas. And that's what Nick believes as well. Um, is all of a sudden the traffic going up uh, with Julio Jones? Maybe because he's a better receiver. Um, but then you're, then people are going to talk about balance. What are you going to do? Throw it more? Exactly. And if you ask me, the Eagles throwing the ball 45 times in that Jets game, that goes against who they are. If you ask me, um, I believe in order for that offense to be more efficient than what they have been, they need to be more like that Rams matchup rather than that Jets. Well, I think they got sucked in by the Jets were down four corners and they said, all right, it's a you know, I think that was overreaction as well. Yeah, I th- I think they said, all right, there's no Sauce Gardner. There's no DJ Reed. Let's take advantage of this. Um, and I think they made a mistake. Yeah, I, I do. But on top of that, they couldn't run the football at all. So that has to factor in as well. I mean, it was on on – not the final drive because the final drive was the four and out after the Jets scored to take the the lead. But on the interception drive, which started with 4.43 left in the game, DeAndre Swift had uh, a nine-yard gain on the second play, nine-yard rush. That was his longest rush of the day. He had nine other rushes for a total of nine yards. So – People can talk about, well, you got to run the football. You can't run the football. You can be very disciplined. Go back to the Washington loss last year when I joked it was three yards in a cloud of dust, Mm -hmm. which is actually 3.3 yards in a cloud of dust. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's really hard to be disciplined when you're getting 3.3 yards. And Washington was in that game, and they deserve credit. Um. You one yard is not good enough. Zero yards is not good enough. You can't keep running the ball and putting yourself in those types of situations if you're getting nothing. There's a big difference between three yards and one yard. Um, and and the Eagles had no efficiency to use your word in the running game against the Jets. Just none. You know, watching that game, you know, look, full transparency, I was someone who felt like they gave up on the run game too soon. Um, and then, you know, in that in that second half, especially uh, less than two minutes to go, they have no timeouts. And I think they threw the ball three times in a row or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they stopped the clock many a times. And then, and then I think they ended up turning the ball over, if I'm not mistaken. But I think my overall point is, you know, when you throw the ball 45 times with this offense, 
I think that goes against what they do well, right? You have you have an offensive line. You 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 have a, a quarterback who, in my opinion, his sweet spot in terms of attempts is between twenty eight to thirty five attempts a game. You know, when you start getting Jalen Hurts about forty attempts, you start to increase his room for error. And you know, I just felt like, you know, maybe maybe they were just simply reacting to what the Jets gave them, but I just felt like he wasn't being put in a, in a position to succeed. Well, I think I, I, I agree to a point, as I said, they got enamored with the jets being down so many players at that cornerback. So I agree to a point with that, but you know, if you look at the first half stats, mm-hmm. they had six uh, carries from a running back in they had zero yards total on those six carries. I, you know, I, I, I'm at that point, you're banging your head against the wall. Um, you know, if you get two, three, something, you got to have some positivity. Six carries for zero yards. Um, they had 21 yards rushing in the first half, all from the quarterback. Not one rushing yard from a running back. Well, actually, Boston had two, uh, but DeAndre had negative four. Um, So, you know, it's not acceptable. Um, And you can't keep running the football um, in that type of circumstance. Now, should should they have went – to it a little bit more later in the game, Kenny ended up having a couple carries for 13 yards. So he was a little bit more successful. Maybe when you're trying to close out the game, maybe they could have been a little bit smarter. And I think they tried and, and they finally got a decent run out of Swift. Um, and then, but you know what? They got the first down. They got one first down and that was on a pass to Dallas Goddard by the way, um, actually two first downs. And the second one was a, a pass to Dallas Goddard. And then they ran the ball on first down. They got one yard. They ran the ball on second down, got zero yards. And you're a third and nine. That's the fateful play because they ran it traditionally one yard, zero yards, third and nine. You're in the situation. Now, I said Nick Sirianni should have punted. I believe he should, uh, you know, run the football on third down, punt the football, because Zach Wilson is the quarterback. You know, so I think that was a mistake. But they were not running the ball effectively. So I can't kill them for not running the football. You need some kind of efficacy. And I'm not talking about their typical five yards of carry. I'm talking about two, three. You need some positivity. You can't always be behind the sticks. So is it fair to say that instead of reaching for Julio Jones, they probably should have went for a running back in free agency? You know what I mean? Well, like, I don't know. I don't know if you got to go with anybody in free agency. Why Why? Why is this team overreacting to one loss? Well, well actually, I'm actually with you in terms of personnel is not an issue on the offensive side of the ball. But since they did make a move, wouldn't 
What in the running back position? Well, I would I, I would have went secondary if, they, if, if well, something's secondary. out there. I, think I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know if there's anything out there on the trade market. They've already gone with Bradley Roby. There's so mm-hmm. many. There's only so many names you can pull out. But yeah, I think they overreacted to one loss. I don't. I don't you know, that, that to me, you know, I've been saying Howie Roseman's a top ten GM for. 10 years and I used to get killed for it. Um, now everybody's on board and, you know, but I'll say he gets too antsy, you know, all of a sudden you lose one game and you're bringing in a whole, I mean, settle down, you know, now I will say they don't have a lot of depth at receivers. So, and who knows where they are with Quez Watkins and the hamstring because with Bass guys, that could be an issue. It could be far longer than four weeks. So that might factor into it as well. And, you know, you're a, you're a turned ankle away from, from you know, who? Greg Ward, Joseph Nana, because Cubby's not going to uh, – Cubby can't be a full-time receiver. Um Joseph Nada is not ready to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's one part of this roster where you can say there's no bail safe. It's probably receiver, um, especially with Quez out. Um, so maybe it's just, you know, fixing a wrong uh, earlier. You know, he didn't build the wide receiver room as deeply as he would have liked. Um, but the timing seems weird. Right. You, you got know. the Falcons coming up is, you know, it just seems, it looks, it, it, it's, it screams a little bit of desperation to me when you don't have. Yeah. It. Well, that's same here. When I saw it, I'm like, what really? Why? I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I, I, and, and maybe it, it's, there's no risk. I mean, Somebody pointed out, not only, in, and he was correct, one reader pointed out, it's low risk and, you know, everybody forgets it if it doesn't work quickly, you know, and he's right. But um, I don't know. I think the overriding, he lost one game. And, 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 oh, by the way, it's a game that they should have won. If you don't despite- despite being minus three in the turnover margin, um, because it was minus minus three when they should have punted the ball. And if they punted the ball, they win the game. Just run it on third down, punt it, and you win the game, even though you're minus three. Um, Strikes me as a little bit of panic, and I don't think there's any reason to panic. Let me ask you this, you know, in terms of the offense, right, you know, you mentioned what we both mentioned, uh, they're second uh, in total yards, fifth in scoring, right? Pretty much the only issue really is red zone. But, you know, when I, I, you know, I've I've watched these games every single week. And, you know, when you think about the first six games from last season and you compare that to the, you know, to the first six games of this season, there is a difference in how plays are being executed. There's a difference in how guys like Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard are being involved in the offense. 
Obviously, AJ Brown was picking up where he left off, but there was a moment where he felt like something was off with. Um, Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I guess the distribution of he would he won't say targets, but, you know, my, my, I guess where I guess what I'm trying to get to is what are your thoughts? What's your opinion on the way this offense has looked, not from a number standpoint, but from the eye test standpoint? What's your opinion on how this offense has looked and how it's flowed through the first six games in comparison to the first six games last year? I, I think it's been every bit as good except for the red zone. Um, and and actually, the numbers say differently, um, which <laughs> kind of surprised me, to be honest. Um, I'll try to bring them up. Um, they're, mo- they're almost exactly the same mm-hmm. um, in, in number-wise, to the point it's – uh, almost scary how close it is. Um, and and that surprised me. I thought they were a little bit better last season. Um, and it's not the case. In fact, they're better on third downs this season. They're the best team in football on third downs. I would, you know, I was talking about that first drive, mm-hmm. which was absurd. They were like a machine until they got in the red zone. So I do think um, everybody obviously kind of nitpicks after, um, you know, they only end up, they have the great start, but they only end up with uh, 14 points. um, And that's not where you want to be. But overall, again, top 10 in total offense, uh, uh, number two, second in rushing offense, ninth in passing offense, fifth in points per game. One first and third down offense, seventh and fourth down offense, and then the one askew twenty third and red zone. I I don't know. I watch a lot of other football as well, and mm-hmm. that's where I think the disconnect is in Philadelphia. To be honest, I mean there were two teams in the NFL that scored over thirty points this this weekend. That's it. 
People were struggling oh, all over. You know, week six was an ugly week for football. You yeah. know, just in general, you know, you, you bring up a good point. I'm definitely willing to admit that, you know, the Eagles weren't the only team that struggled in week six. I don't know if it was a, a lulling period. I don't know if it was one of those weeks where everybody just said, you know what, you know, we're kind of hitting that wall a little bit. I don't know. But I, I will say. Um, I think six, the quarterback plays pretty bad around the NFL right now. I was mentioned in that on on Birds 365 this morning. Yeah, scoring I is think, down really for around, I think scoring is down. Um, or red zone efficiency is down in the entire NFL, I think, this season. Yeah, it is, um, and it's been going that way over the past four years. I tweeted that number out as well, um, and I think it's directly tied to, as I said, uh, quarterback play. Um, Do you think these defensive coordinators are beginning to catch up with these quarterbacks? No, I think it's more of um, – I think it's more of lack of preparation for for the quarterbacks. Um, hmm. So I think they're not as prepared to play. Um, I, I remember talking to John D. Filippo years ago about this. Um, the inability for um, coaches to work with quarterbacks in the offseason. Um Everybody, because of the lack of preparation time, and this is all CBA, collective bargaining, there's nothing you can do. So um, it's become, and you hear me talk about this all the time, I mean, I can't stand bubble screens. Everybody runs the same stuff. So I think defenses are used to seeing it, Mm -hmm. um, and that makes it better. There's no Bill Walls. There's no West Coast offense. There's no intricate play calling. It's all uh, very simplified, and when it's very simplified, then it gets very simplified for the defense, so I think it makes it easier. Uh, It's become a game where you get the ball out quickly and into the hands of playmakers, and then, all right, what's going to happen at that point? Is the playmaker going to make a play, or is the defensive back going to make a tackle? you might have a missed tackle, and then we're talking about, oh, the defense stinks. Mm-hmm. You might have a good tackle, and then we're talking about the offense stinks. So there's no intricate concepts, um, and it's turned into some ugly, ugly quarterback play. And when you have ugly quarterback play, you have ugly offense. I have a question about – uh, we're going to begin to close the show very soon, John. Um, I have a question about the quality of reps um, between A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. You know, for me at least, when I watch these games, it seems like the coaching staff has no problem finding easy offense for A.J. Brown. But it seems like it's a struggle to find to use the same word, easy offense for Dallas Garter and Devontae Smith. Now, Devontae Smith didn't help his case on Sunday. He dropped two easy third down conversions. Well, I think one of them was a third third down conversion. I'm not sure what the other one was, but he dropped two wide open passes, which is very out of character for him. But I'm curious to know what's your opinion on the quality 
uh, of reps Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith have been getting in comparison to an A.J. Brown. Because to me, like we said, you know, it it, it took Dallas Goddard forever to get, you know, used or used or exposed in the offense. You know what I mean? And then Devontae Smith, you know, it seems like, I mean, outside Jalen doesn't throw the ball 45 times. Um, he doesn't throw, he doesn't throw about 45 times a game every week. So those targets are skewed in my opinion. Um, but you know, I, I just, I just, I want, I want to know your opinion on the quality of reps for Dallas got and Devontae Smith when you compare it to AJ. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, you know, is a go route a quality rep? I mean, AJ's just big, so you can throw the ball up. Mm. Um, his great catch on the sideline. I, how would you describe that rep? I mean, you take a shot downfield because of his playmaking ability. And that's kind of what I said. You know, it, it the NFL's turning into a game where you just give it, you try to get the ball to your playmaker, whether it's downfield on a go route, on a nine route, or, or bubble screens. That's what it's turned into. Um, basketball on turf instead of the three-point shot it's all right how many times you see you're behind the sticks third and 15 what do people do they run they run the bubble screen try to get a block right um it's no you know there's no people clearing out there's no people there's no design concept again i go back to bill walsh it's and, and there's certain teams, certainly there's still Shanahan offenses that use a lot of play action. Um, but more and more, it looks like Saturday. Looks like you're watching Saturday football's turned into Sunday football. Um, and by that, I mean college. Um, everybody runs college concepts now. Um, and it's, you know, it's ugly. But, you know, so so here are the exact numbers. 2022 uh, through six games, 147 points. 2023, 148. Uh, 2,367 yards in 2022, 2,370 in 2023. 144 first downs. In 2022, hundred forty. Are you saying they through six games? Are you saying they've scored more points this year than last year? Yes, one more point, one more point this wow. year than last year. It's eerie. Five point six yards of play last year, five point six yards of play this year. The only difference is they're fifty one percent on third down this year, which is the best in football. They were forty four last year. And last year, they were much better in the red zone than they are this year. And if they they were as similar to what they were in the red zone last year, they'd have way more points. That's what I was going to ask you. So you're saying if they were actually remotely efficient in the red zone, they would have significantly more points. Yes. They already have. They have one more. Um, So, yeah, everything's skewed by people's perceptions. But – um, the offense has been very good, very good. I mean, I finished. through the twenty between the twenties, they can move the ball. 
right? We, we've seen that. But that red zone efficiency, it, 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 it's hurting them. And it will, and they will not be, because based, based off everything we're talking about here, if they were just decent in the red zone, they would be better than last year. So I'm curious, what's the disconnect? I'm not understanding. I mean, obviously Shane Steichen and Brian Johnson are two different guys. And, but to me, I chalk it up to the talent. This team is just talented on offense. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's tremendous. And it's tremendously year, talented. And they have another year together. So it's They're, only natural that they would become better together. But still, to me, it doesn't look the same. I, I don't know. I, I know the numbers are saying one thing. I totally understand that. And maybe I may, maybe I am nitpicking because you, you talk about it all the time. A team that's good, you're going to have to find something to talk about. The, but, the first time they touched the football yesterday, not yesterday, uh, Sunday against the Jets, they they went 19 plays and 91 yards. 19 plays and 99 yards. Third and eight, uh, Jalen Hurts to A.J. for 10 yards. Third and seven, Jim, Jalen Hurts to A.J. for eight. Um, third and two, it was uh, a, a short pass to Boston Scott for 14. Uh, third and 10, um, uh, they get seven yards near the goal line, then they go for it on fourth down, and that was the play that was reviewed, um, and they ultimately scored. I mean, 19 plays, and that's just demoralizing for a defense. Um, now, they couldn't keep it up. Part of that, to be honest, had to do with losing Lane Johnson in the drive. That sure totally changes the game. But, yeah, I mean, and this is why I talk about the panic aspect of it. <laughs> this offense is really good. I'm worried about the defense. We didn't, but we spent a whole show. We didn't even talk about. It. That's what I'm worried about. Was but it's, good? but everybody gets caught up in the moment. And again, I shouldn't say everybody. I, I shouldn't speak in absolutes. But they get caught up in the moment. And the defense was pretty good against the Jets. But you're playing Zach Wilson. All right. Tua's showing up this weekend. Tyreek Hill's showing up this weekend. Jalen Waddle's showing up this weekend. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned with the other side of the football, which basically has to rely on the pass rush. They're very, they're very limited defensively. And by that, I mean not that the defensive front isn't great because they're great, but they have to do it. They have to do it every single game, or the Eagles are in trouble. On offense, they can beat you a bunch of different ways. They were crappy running the football, which I talked about, but they were great running the football in week two, um, even week three. They're, they're, they can beat you running the football in certain weeks. If that's not working, they can beat you throwing the football. They can do it a bunch of different ways. On and I have a question, really quickly: Is it possible for you to look up what's their average yards um, that they have the average yards to go on after first down, or um, what's their average? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to word this. What's their average yards to go on third down? Uh, am I? You're, are you um, yeah, no, that that number you got to break it down. You just got to go through the chart. I just gave you that first drive. They they were converting. Obviously, it's much easier to convert third and two if you're ahead. Uh, you know, the whole playbook is in play. But you know, 
their first third down was third and eight. That's long. Okay. Third and then third and seven. They were converting thirds and eights and thirds and sevens. Um, as I said, third and ten, they didn't convert, but they got seven yards enough to go for it on fourth down. So that mm-hmm. factors into it as well. Um, you know, number one, bottom line is, and the sample size is getting larger now. Over 50% on third down and number one in the entire NFL. What's so, being, you know, this, this is my final question for you, John. And, I, and then after that, I'll, I'll let you cook. Um, do you, what's been your opinion on the Philadelphia Eagles offense on first down? You know, I'm real big on winning first down, you know, to, you know, to create a better situation for you on third down, right? What's been your overall opinion or observations from the Philadelphia Eagles offensive efficiency on first down it's fine they're good at everything you know the only thing they didn't do well in even new york even though they didn't score a ton of points they didn't score a ton of points because they turned the football over and and don't get me wrong losing lane was a big part of it um but they generally moved the football um and you know how many times are you going to have Devontae Smith dropping two passes? Like, I'm not concerned about that. Other people can be concerned about it. I'm not concerned about it. Everybody has bad games. I've never seen Devontae drop two passes. Um, probably won't see it again. Certainly not this year. Um, how, many, how many times is Jake Kelly going to uh, miss a 37-yard field goal? How many times is um, – Dallas Goddard going to let the football be ripped out of his hands and <laughs> ricochet to Quentin Williams. Um, you know, if Lane Johnson is out there, Jermaine Johnson isn't getting to Jalen Hurts and you take another interception off, off the dockets. The, the one bad play was the play that cost him the game. That was a bad play by the quarterback. Um, if you're minus four in the turnover ratio, you should lose by two, three touchdowns. <laughs> they should have won the game. Now, they, if they did, if they if they managed it right, they would have only been minus three. But it's still typically when you're minus three, you don't win football games. This team could have won that football game. So in a way silver lining whatever you call it that's that's a positive that you're even in that game yeah you know you know i ended on this note i you know you're right the offense the offense is supremely talented and based off the numbers they're damn near identical to last year you're also right about you know people you know we as a whole should probably be more concerned about the defense but i think entering the season, even in the offseason, we knew defense was going to be the weak link on this team, and offense would have to carry them. I think I think a lot of us knew that. At least at least the offense would have to carry them until the defense finally caught up with it, right? But you know, there's just been a, a significant difference in personnel um, in comparison to 2022 and 20 versus 2023 on defense. Um, that front seven, you can make an argument, it probably got a little bit better. Um, maybe not the linebacker position, but the front, the, the defensive line, you can probably make an argument it got a little better. Um, but, you know, I guess for me, 
because we because I already accepted the fate of the defense entering the season, I looked at this offense as okay, they're not living up to their side of the bargain from a red zone perspective, from a touchdown perspective, because I think they're putting the defense in a lot of tough situations by continuing just to settle for field goals. And, you know, you said, you know, they, from a numbers perspective, they're pretty identical, but, you know, this schedule is only going to get harder and the way they've been playing won't cut it against the Miami Dolphins, won't cut it against. Well, and that's a test. I mean, they're Miami's, uh, averaging 37.2 yards per uh, 37.2 points per game, 37.2 points per game, um, 498 yards. There's never been a disparity. They're number one, 498. Eagles are number two at 395. They have a hundred and three more yards per game than the Eagles, number two. If this defense plays well against the Dolphins, give them all the credit in the world. Absolutely. Um, I'm not giving them credit against the Jets. You know, to a certain degree, I get the front credit because they're good and they played well. Give them credit to the Rams. I mean, for the Rams in the second half, I give them credit for that. But you're right. I mean, it's the Jets. Yeah. Um, if we were Aaron Rodgers out there, I'd give them credit wasn't um and there are some deficiencies there with zach wilson but um yeah i'm i'm more concerned about that and you know bradley roby's unlikely to play this week Mm. we'll see tomorrow at practice Uh, they're having a walkthrough but they have to issue um uh, injury reports so we'll get to know a little bit more about Reed Blankenship. Sidney Brown should be back, but then again, I thought he'd be back this week. Um, we'll see where Slay is as well. I mean, they need all hands on deck for Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and company. Yeah, I would agree. So, yes, and the Donat, though, John, uh, I appreciate you as always, uh, JM, for always providing your insight. I appreciate the hard work you do, and I definitely appreciate um, – your objective opinion about the Philadelphia Eagles. It's always welcomed. And um, it's always a breath of fresh air for sure. Um, Eagles fans, make sure you guys smash that like button. We really appreciate you guys always for locking in on the content. Uh, seems like we got somebody from the United Kingdom holding it down. So we appreciate you holding it down over the pond. Uh, means a lot to us. Make sure you guys are also subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. There's a lot of content cooking out over there. So make sure you guys are a part of the festivities and make sure you guys get a plate because uh, the food is always available for you. Um, also, make sure you guys check out John McMullen on Birds 365 every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time with his partner in crime, Jody Mack. Check out the Sports Take guys with Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis at 11 a.m. Eastern time. That's the new time slot, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, I'm sorry, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. And then uh, they have uh, we have uh, Dan Cilio, uh, the National Football Show, uh, from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time as well. Also, make sure you guys stay locked in on the Jacob Sports pre, post, and halftime show featuring John McMullen as well, Seth Joyner, uh, Mike Missinelli, uh, Derek Gunn, Mark Frazetta, uh, Bill Colarulo, uh, Kayla Santiago. Uh, we have an amazing staff over there, and they do an amazing job. So make sure you guys continue to locking on the content. You guys were watching Football 24-7 with John McMullen, and I'm your host, Tony, just a second.
We'll see you guys next time. Take care. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow. But I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com Mike. 